This is the Private Practice Workshop Podcast with John Clark, Episode 20. I want to tell you about an exciting event coming up that I am hosting. I am hosting a free webinar, and it is this Friday, November 17th. Um, This webinar, um, I'm really excited about it. It is called Getting Google's Attention One Way or Another. Um, in, in this webinar, I'm going to teach you all about the basics of SEO, of Google AdWords, kind of the relationship between the two. Um, I'm going to give you some hands-on tips for some things you can do to boost your own SEO. I'm going to give you enough information to understand the AdWords platform, understand is this something that's for you? Are you ready to use this platform? Should you hire someone? And we're going to talk about how to craft your own digital marketing strategy that will work for you and your practice. Um, all the participants are going to have a chance to uh, to win one free month of blog posts from Unconditional Media or two free coaching sessions with me. So should be a great time. Again, completely free event. Um, just want to share some some useful information with you all. And um, uh, yeah, so sign up for that webinar by going to privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash webinar. That's privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash webinar. All right. Today I'm sitting down with my new friend, Joe Muirhead, um, who is an Australian-based entrepreneur and practice coach. Um, she's amazing. We had a great conversation, super fun. And um, yeah, let's dive in. All right, Joe, welcome to the show and thanks for being here and thanks for navigating um, a saga of um, (laughs) scheduling challenges crossing pretty much the entire world and back. Yeah, that's that's fine. Welcome um, to everybody listening and thank you very much, John, for being willing to work with me and not asking me to do this at 2 a.m. my time (laughs) because that would just be ugly. 2 a.m. or 4 a.m.? I think it'd yeah. be a totally different vibe at that hour. Um, yeah, it might be monosyllables and people <laughs> might not find that particularly useful. <laughs> Either that or you could just strike pure gold and you could be so stream of consciousness that you just start riffing and blowing people's True. minds. And uh, oh, I don't know. Okay. Well, there's a there's a point. F- funnily enough, when I um, uh, retired from clinical work back seven, eight years ago, I tried to uh, trade the US stock market um, from Australia because uh-huh. apparently a trained monkey can do that. <laughs> so I, a trained monkey can, but Joe Muir ahead with a degree can't. Um, so I would be getting up at the start of your trading day, which would sure. be somewhere between 1 and 2 a.m. Um, my time, and that didn't go well. I, I don't think it was just the timing difference, in all honesty. I think it was I didn't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one way to find out. That sounds, yeah. that sounds like a blog post in itself, your, your ventures into Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then back to practice I I coaching. Think, I think I've, yeah, I've got some work to do around that still. I, I don't like admitting that I've done something wrong. So the fact that that was actually a, a defined fail in my life, I, th- I think I need some work on that. <laughs> if I were a therapist, I might ask more questions about that. But um, I'm going to be a podcast host today and not just talk about your feelings. 
But I, I appreciate that because I haven't had anywhere near enough coffee to deal with that. Oh, right for now. sure. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. Meanwhile, I'm rounding out the end of my day. I was um <clears throat> I, I saw this uh stand up comic the other day. He's a guy I follow and I was just super thrilled to see him. And he did this QA at the end of his show. And most people were asking things like just about his career and his work and his inspiration and whatnot. And he had a bit that he did about therapy, about being like being a being a patient and going through oh. therapy and talking about his childhood. And it was a really funny bit. And at the end, um, so he didn't call me, so I didn't get my question answered. But at the end, I, I ended up sneaking backstage, um, which I've been known to do, uh, apparently, <laughs> even though like if you knew me personally, you'd be kind of surprised at that because I'm also somewhat law-abiding in some ways. Right. So it's kind of, I, I just, but I keep ending up backstage in places and meeting cool people somehow. And I went back and I was like, I was like, dude, you're, you're so lucky you didn't call on me because I'm a therapist and I was going to really, I was going to really try to dive deep with you. And he was <laughs> so freaked out. He was like, dude, that would have been terrible. I'm so afraid of therapists. That, that whole therapist bit was fake. I'm so glad you didn't embarrass oh. me. <laughs> that whole therapist bit was fake that whole oh, awesome. and now i'm like i bet all therapist bits are fake <laughs> like, yeah yeah wow wow so, that's that's interesting marketing for you for our professions <laughs> isn't it i know and it always it, it's always a uh, psychoanalysis that is portrayed everywhere even yeah. in the stand-up comedy it was like that was the whole that was the whole joke Yes, ab- absolutely, and and the whole deep diving and yeah. um, people being really fearful of their subconscious or fearful of what you're going to find. Yeah. Um, even in the work that that we do, where at the, the times I feel like we're just scratching the surface. Um, For sure. People will, will often go, "I don't want you reading my mind." I'm like, "God, <laughs> I wish I was that powerful." I know, right. Um, <laughs> actually don't have the knowledge and skills to do that. But if, if you want to ascribe that power to me, then we're going to have more issues to deal with right now. Sure. If, it's, <laughs> yeah. if it makes you more honest, sure, I have that power. Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> really good point. Yep. You can voluntarily yeah. tell me your secrets and um, we'll just go from there. <laughs> so, um, so you mentioned that you have been um, um, not doing clinical work for a little while. Um, yeah. Yeah. How? So, how do you kind of identify first and foremost, and how did that um, kind of change your identity when you made that shift? Oh, that's a sucky question. Thanks for that. No problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what had happened. I'd, I'd um, been working for other people for, for my career. So, I graduated from university here in Australia in 1994. Um, I had already been working clinically and started moving through career ranks and and all of that stuff. And um, I'm an incredibly hard worker. I'm very passionate about what we do. I've, I've been helping people return to work following injury, illness, and trauma since like since graduation. I just love the whole intersection of people and their work. Sure. Um, I. I just find that incredibly fascinating. And I kind of bounced, um, I, I helped grow a, a practice from two people through to 12. It, it was a very similar style to a practice that I have now. Um, it was very, we were very well known. We got flown all over the country to do the work that we did. And, and that that relationship um, soured and, and I felt that I'd done everything that I could in that organisation 
So I took myself out of the paid workforce at that time and volunteered. I helped um, my local church start to build some community development programs, which were really cool. And then three months into that volunteering, uh, I was headhunted for a role with a, with a bigger company, which was a different it's more like an agency, I think, that, that most people listening to this podcast. So it was it's what I call um, <laughs> the billable hours factory. <laughs> so we have lots of bodies on seats, lots of churning through yeah. um, the quality. It was interesting for me to, to be a part of that because I, I thought we could make a really big difference by um, getting the, the quality and, and service provision to marry up with that that um, high volume model, but in the end it, it didn't bode well for me and, and um, I found I was not enjoying it and not enjoying who I had become. And I, there was actually an incident that occurred where um, unfortunately I had been role modelling myself on, on people whose character isn't great and the way we were rewarded was if you were um, aggressive and bullying was the accepted way things were done. And I found myself treating uh, one of my clinicians that was under my care in in a, an abhorrent way. And I just heard what had come out of my mouth. And, and the next day I resigned. I was just like, this is, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to be this person. So I think for me, that crisis of consciousness had been, or that moral crisis had been brewing for a little while. I didn't know quite where I fit. Um, I I'd grown up in a family where my father had been uh, self-employed and we'd been in small business all my life. And he had his first heart attack when he was at 30, when he was 37. Mm. Um, and that was quite terrifying. And, and we all assumed that was just because he worked hard and he, he's being a baby boomer. He was very good at working hard. He sure. would often have three jobs. And so for me, being self-employed meant you were poor and you were sick. Um, so it was this, terrible time for me when I kind of worked out that being employed by someone else wasn't working either. Uh, so I thought the best thing I, for me to do at that time was take myself out of the paid workforce and try and work out where my fit was. Sure. So that my identity I, at that time, I, I, I stopped calling myself a rehabilitation counselor and told everyone I was retired. Um, I don't think I was, I wasn't 40, so that was hilarious. <laughs> so that allowed me to deflect having to have that, that uncomfortable conversation about um, who was I, what did yeah, I do, why was I doing Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was that ended up being the best thing I could have done. Now, fortunately, I was in a financial position where I could do that, but I did have to sell my first um, <laughs> my first property, uh -huh. uh, so my home, uh, to fund that. I got myself into atrocious consumer debt, credit mm -hmm. card debt, and I had to clear all of that. I left a job with a management salary and a car that was paid for, sure. and I was a single mum. My son was about five, and it was like, okay, we we need to work this out. What, what are, Who are you and what are you going to do? Yeah. And, wow. yeah, it was, it was probably now you can say it. I knew at the time it was important to do. I didn't know sure. how profound it was going to be, but in the end, it was the best thing I could have done. Sure. Yeah. Well, it mm. sounds like the birds are chirping um, in your backyard there. Um, yeah. Birds <laughs> and bandsaws. Yeah. So, yay, construction. They, they blend together really, really nicely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. If it they, gets they too must, loud, I can start singing. They must know that we're <laughs> podcasting today. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because you uh, you had this affinity and this interest in the intersection of work and life, and mm. um, you've 
clearly had your own um, kind of journey with that, I guess. Mm. And it, sure, I, I suppose everyone's had their journey. And yet also there's some people who are just at a job for 30 years and then they, they kind of mm. clock out. And kind of mm. <laughs> it just seems very linear, but um, but you've really been through kind of your own process with that, and I imagine it's informed um, just kind of who you are and how you work with um, therapists and other professionals now. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So I think that the, the people we go through these stages, and not everyone goes through them, and there's no compulsion to have go to have to go through them. But you, you start off with a job, and most people have a job when they're in high school, it's you. It's a very transactional process. I do a job, I get paid. I do a job, I get paid. Do a job. And some people, I've worked with clients before that have been very passionate about out, things outside of their work. So I've got semi-professional sports people or people mm-hmm. who are doing great things in the NGO space or people who just so wonderfully driven by their family. So going to work, doing a job, coming home, being paid is that that uh, I guess fuels or gives them the money to do sure. other things in their life, yeah. and then I think we step into a stage where we want to, a career, and and that's where we've got a, a more ownership and more accountability. We can have a career uh, in private practice, or we can have a career inside someone else's business, or a career that goes across businesses. But it's it's basically upskilling yourself and and keeping on top of current trends, and maybe your career takes a turn into to management or clinical supervision, and mm-hmm. you just you're keeping to add and add and add to your skill set. And we see a lot of people who have a career trajectory and then for, for us in the work we do there is a, a massive health event that interrupts that and we see a real crisis there and yeah, then i, I think, think i think the that's next- a point of anxiety for so many folks in private practice oh, God, right yes. is like is this big what if um yeah. and, and the reality is uh there's a couple risks that um, are just inherent to this work especially if you're not um <clears throat> if you don't have uh, maybe the fortune of uh, great health insurance or a partner's health insurance or something like that to kind of fall back on. If you're really just kind of walking this tightrope alone, um, I think it can feel kind of dire. And what's also interesting, I was actually um, I was uh, leading my mastermind group this morning and we talked, mm-hmm. we've been talking a lot about this idea of um, for the most part, we're just trading time for money, right? Yes. Uh, if you're not, if you're not in the chair with someone on the, on the couch in front of you, you're not making money, right? Yes. And, I think there is a lot we can talk about there, or even the way that you pay yourself, or it's like, you know, receive $100, put $100 in your pocket. There's a lot that we do to mm-hmm. maybe not manage money as well as we could, but also <laughs> there's just a sustainability factor that is often really ignored until all of a sudden it's 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 in your face and you you realize the limitations of kind of what we're doing in a traditional solo practitioner private practice. Absolutely. And I think that fear actually really limits people from making or exploring what options they have. So I've worked with many, many clinicians. So I don't just work with therapists. So if you, I work with occupational therapists mm-hmm. and physios and osteopaths. I've started working with a lot of general practitioners here in Australia as well. So it, you can actually be very successful and have a great lifestyle and, it, and all you do, it's just you and you see patients. Sure. And for some people, that is a brilliant model. There's not a lot of cogs in the wheel. Yeah, not yeah, a lot to manage. Clean. It's very and it's very high profit. Incredibly yeah. high profit. Yeah. The key to making that sustainable is having regular time off. Yeah. So you, you've actually got to work out if I'm going to have. So my biggest recommendation is if you work like that, you need to have a week off every 90 days. I, I do that now. Okay. It can be done. It's doable. 
you build that cost or you build that expense into your hourly rate. How do you walk people people through that? Um, if you're, let's say, yeah. if someone is listening right now and they want to uh, pull out a piece of paper and do the math. Yeah. Well, so you would look at how many spaces you, so what, (laughs) we start with the big picture. What is your overall revenue goal? So I'm not working on net here because I'm not a financial planner for everybody and everybody's situation is different. So if you've got an overall revenue goal, um, so I usually start with numbers that freak people out. So I don't want to freak (laughs) your listeners out, John. Um, so I'm going to just do some calculations here with my trusty you, iPhone. You don't have to do it in U.S. currency and people just Oh, God, know. no, I won't be doing that either. <laughs> just round numbers. So just say you want $250,000 revenue, okay? And if you're going to take a week off every 90 days, that's only four weeks off a year, okay? So let's give yourself an extra week because you're going to do Christmas and Thanksgiving. Um, so that's five weeks. And then, okay, let's just have an extra week off. So that's six weeks so how many weeks are there in a year john uh 52 but i'd have to yeah, google it we- if i wanted to be confident <laughs> so it's all right i didn't know i was gonna be quizzed today well i didn't know i was gonna do a math lesson today <laughs> fair that's fair 52 <laughs> minus six that means that there are 46 working weeks right yep. if you want to generate a revenue of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, is that number okay two f- Let's yeah, why not? Let's go with two fifty. I think some people be freaked out. Some people are like, yeah, that sounds badass. Let's do it. Okay, let's do that. Well, <laughs> I'm like, that's a quarter of what I want to do. So anywho, <laughs> so we're going to divide two hundred and fifty k by the forty six weeks, right? Which means you need to be bringing in five, four, three, four per week. Now, a lot of people aren't even doing that a month, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I yes, get that. I think that's what a lot of people are thinking right now. I know that's what a lot of people are thinking right now. But if you do, if you're going to say see have 25 sessions available per for a person a week, then mm-hmm. we just divide 5434 4 by 25. And then we know that what you're going to be charging is $217.39 per session. So let's just right. round it up to 220 per session. Sounds good. So that's actually not unheard of. It's not too bad. Yeah, it's not too bad especially. And I've yeah. Got people. I've got practice clients, practice building clients in the U- U.S. who are who are doing a hundred dollars a session more than that and mm-hmm. getting paid. Yep, I believe it. So, um, yeah. So when you start breaking it down like that, so it's it. Everybody sort of tends to go for the big dollar amount, and then they pretend that they're going to work three hundred and sixty-five days a year. Mm-hmm. Don't don't do that. Nobody does that and you're setting yourself up to fail. So work out what what you would like to do in terms of how much work you would like to be doing a week. Sure. Divide that by the number of sessions that you want to be doing a week. So 25 sessions a week is only five sessions a day. Mm -hmm. For five days Um, if you want to work five days a week. If you want to work five days a week or you know, you can, it's, some people are so used to doing, you know, eight sessions a day. You can, it, again, it's, this is where I really think it's important. You've got to understand yourself. So many people come into this private practice thing going, I need to know my ideal client. I need yeah. to know my avatar. I need to know my, and then I want all the marketing hacks, all the marketing yeah. hacks, all the marketing hacks. And I get really frustrated with that because it's like, you know what, I can teach you all the marketing hacks, but until you understand who you are first and how this is going to work for you, this is going to be useless. Yeah. You're going to it's really grind yourself into the ground. Yeah. Sorry. I've been, I've been, I've been, um, 
kind of in a, in a parallel journey with a lot of the folks I work with lately in that um, they're probably getting really tired of me saying, I talk a lot about your message right now. And um, mm-hmm. as we're doing some branding and kind of visioning work around your business, we talk a lot about your message. Who are you? <clears throat> How are you different? Um, and I therapists, uh, a lot of them tend to get stumped really quickly by that. And um, the other parallel is that through the digital marketing work that my team does at, at Unconditional Media, I will I have to tell a therapist, you know, on yes, you can pay all this money to get get more traffic to your website. We can do SEO, we can do Google AdWords, we can do all the all the tricks in the book, right? But if we send all these people this traffic to your website, your message is not clear. Mm-hmm. It's gonna your 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 branding is off, it's unimpressive, um, it's it's gonna be for nothing. Right. And so therapists are really unlikely to make that that investment first or they, they, they do this. They've been in practice for two and a half years. Um, I, I equated it this morning to it's kind of like opening a restaurant and people just start walking in and you go, what would you like to eat? What would you like to eat? And then mm-hmm. you and then so, OK, two and a half years later, it's like, well, we make sandwiches and spaghetti and sometimes sushi and um, you do a little bit of everything and it works for a while, but then someone sits down or someone like me kind of calls you out and says, okay, well, what are you, right? Mm, what's it, your, what's your thing? Um, what, can you, can yeah. we, can we get you to, to be known for something? And it, and it, I think it freaks people out, but, um, oh, you does. can only sustain for so long, just kind of being whatever you think people want you to be, or in this case, whatever clients want you to be. Yeah. And, and that's so unfulfilling. It, 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 I think that the piece there is that we, we if we think that we're just going to meet everybody's needs. So, so I, similarly, when I'm talking to people, who, who do you love to work with? Mm-hmm. I love everybody. I want to serve everybody <laughs> um, between the ages of 15 and 85. Therapists and are I'm so just sitting nice, there going, my discussion around that is, well, that's really awesome, but I would never come and see you yeah. because yeah. I want to come and see somebody who is an expert, a specialist, and who is knows what knows to do to help me are. with my specific problem. Yeah. So I, I often will say to people, if you need a hip replacement, are you going to go to the orthopedic surgeon sure. who specializes in ankles? For sure. So, well, and I then, think- okay, so then people go, well, I don't know, because I like, you know, I like working on hips, but I also like working on ankles and I don't want to, I don't want to exclude ankles because those people need help too. <laughs> so my next question would be, well, what's the commonality between mm-hmm. hips and ankles? Yeah. So, and I think that's where a lot of people are getting stuck is you, you really do need to understand your clients better than they know themselves, but anxiety you can have a different take on I love to work with people with anxiety or you can go I love to work with executives with high functioning anxiety or I love to work with kids who are just starting to display symptoms of anxiety I love to work with those families to help that family unit understand why anxiety is present it's all about anxiety but we're speaking to very very different parts and segments of the market that Mm -hmm. allow you to showcase your expertise Mm -hmm. just was that clear you got you went very quiet (laughs) no i'm i'm thinking uh i'm just thinking about it um Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's funny because again this morning in in that group um we were talking about this stuff i looked over and someone was shockingly quiet and i was like okay either i've pissed you off or (laughs) you're actually doing good work kind of like when we're in session with the client and they just kind of go inside themselves right and it's kind of Mm -hmm. like okay they're kind of on a journey um, I think, cause I think the other thing that happens and I, I went through this 
pretty hard when I first started private practice workshop and started doing online business. Um, I, inund- I, I inundated myself with information. I listened mm-hmm. to a shitload of podcasts. Mm-hmm. They were all great. <laughs> they were all great in different ways. Um, I learned about, I learned about funnels and SEO and, um, (laughs) passive income and podcasting, this and that. And I had so much in my head was going to explode. And the result was I could, I just couldn't do anything well. Right. So I was like, well, I guess I should make an online course because that's what one of these podcasts said. And you just kind of start doing it. Um, but we don't really do the tough work first, I think. So any, again, anything that we build on top of that. It, you know, without that solid foundation is really going to fall flat on its face. And it doesn't matter if you're selling a gadget or if you're selling an hour of therapy with you. So I um, can't agree with you more. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. Because <laughs> I will often have people going, I just need an online course. I just need an online I know, course. I, I, what yeah. do you need an online course for? Because no one will buy my therapy. Right. Well, right. we've got a bigger problem. Right. <laughs> where they say, well, I know I need to be blogging more. I know, I know I need to be posting on Facebook more. And I'm like, well, but why? What Do you know why you're doing those things? And I've, got, I've worked with a clinician um, on the, in the East Coast who doesn't do any content marketing. And huh? she can't, she's got people beating down her door. She has an incredibly lucrative practice. She mm-hmm. charges a lot of money and she works with incredibly high profile officials. Mm-hmm. So how does she but reach these people? That's all word of mouth. Yeah. But it's because of the clientele that she works with. Um, they, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's almost like she's the best kept secret in town. Yeah, she's pos- we, positioned herself that way in the community. That's right. Yeah, and it's a, it's, it's a strategic cultivation of that positioning. That's great. It's awesome. Mm. What do you, can you tell me um, a little mm-hmm. bit about your your kind of personal philosophy on marketing? Personal philosophy on marketing. Something like that. Yeah, sure. So marketing is not the same thing as sales and you need both. Just putting Mm -hmm. it out there. So I I think marketing is the conversation that you have with a prospective client until such times as they start working with you. Marketing is not buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Marketing is, hey, you're an interesting person. I'm an interesting person. Mm -hmm. I think you might have this problem. Do you think you have this problem? What if there was a way we could change this problem? Would you be interested in knowing more about how we could change this problem? Hey, do you think we should have a chat and see if we can talk about how we could work together? I'd buy whatever you're selling right now. I don't (laughs) care what it is. Here's my credit. It's a visa. It starts with 4-1. Cool. Excellent. I, I'm, I think as clinicians, and like you've done, I've done it as well, I listened to everything under the sun because I didn't know anything about marketing. Yeah. And when I started this practice building journey and teaching people how to do it eight years ago, or whenever it was, there weren't people like you and I around. I thought I was the only one. Ha-ha. <laughs> um, oh, there was, Casey Truffer was around. Let's, uh-huh. let's be real. Um, <laughs> but that, seriously, this was so new. I didn't go to a, a, a a clinician building practice person, a clinician's practice yeah. building person. No, yeah. they existed. Now we, they're everywhere. They're sprouting up everywhere. 
But <laughs> those of us who have gone before the therapists that haven't, who are just wanting to start in private practice, we've actually done the work. Yeah, that's right. So we've actually gone and listened to all of that stuff on sales funnel and we've gone, this is how it works for clinicians because generalist marketing cannot be applied to a therapy practice. It, there is stuff that we would be asked to do that is just plain unethical yeah. and in some states of, of Australia it's friggin' illegal. Don't do it. Well, and I think that's um, that's a lot of what, in a way, kind of constitutes a practice coach uh, for a lot of folks. It's, are you willing to go out and get the information that this group of people need? And oh, and you happen to be one of these people. You happen to be a therapist, right? And mm. you're kind of going out into the world and bringing back the good stuff or bringing back the mm. stuff that works for us and that you need to market a local business. Um, yeah. And then making that, you know, I think delivering that in a way that therapists can understand, not be overwhelmed by and can put into mm -hmm. action and have some, some success with. So... Oh. Um, Totally, totally yeah. agree, which is why all of my languaging around what I do with clinicians is marketing is about a conversation. You, you know how to do that. You're very, very good at it. Sure. Marketing is about building rapport. You know how to do that. It's actually the thing we excel in. So I, I have a, a, a training or an in-the-room training that I run, which actually shows people how your best kept secret, your secret marketing weapon is actually all the skills you learn in school. Sure. Because that's kind of everybody else calls it behavioral economics or, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, how we manipulate behavior. We don't have to do that. Yeah. We actually know human behavior. All we have to do is get it out of our head and get out of our way and engage with people. Well, it's interesting because we spend, you know, three years or whatever learning, uh, learning about human behavior and learning um, what motivates people and how do people change. Um, and then we don't really see the overlap between that, sh that those years of That's training right. and this whole thing you got to do where, oh yeah, you've got to sell yourself to the general public and um, find a way to do it in a way that works for you. And so we forget that we, that we have that understanding of people and what motivates mm -hmm. them. And you need to market in a way that um, can be aligned with your own philosophy. So for instance, if you believe that people uh, are inclined to avoid pain and seek pleasure, then you might use some of that to yes. that it, maybe it influences the way you work, right? And we could get into yes. to theory with that, um, and we can get into to kind of your marketing philosophy with that as well, and use some of that to help to help encourage people to get the help they need uh, in, in in seeing you. Absolutely, and the other thing that that so beautifully illustrates is that we need to have a clinician message market match like okay, when break you, that down when for you us. yeah so what happens a lot is the clinician when the, when you get into the room with the clinician it's nothing like their marketing message and the client is confused and they feel um like they've been let down lied to mm -hmm. But often this is happening with people's online marketing or their online and offline marketing. The way they present themselves online is completely different to the way they present themselves offline. As soon as we create that mismatch, people are confused. They won't buy. So how do you, if how we do you avoid that mismatch? <laughs> You've <laughs> got to know who you are, who you serve, and how to talk to them in a way they will listen to you. Mm -hmm. So it, you've got to start with who you are. And then you move on to who you serve 
And then you will be able to put the pieces together to know how to talk to them in a way that's congruent with you, congruent with them. It, it ends up being the most liberating, fulfilling sense of freedom that you'll have because it becomes effortless. Yeah. Yes, you have to learn tech integration. That's not effortless. But this whole <laughs> getting hung up on yeah. what's my ideal client and what's my niche, stop it. You don't have to recreate a new person, a new person personality, a new self to oh. to market yourself. In fact, that's a really good way to confuse people. Child work. And, yeah, and uh, confuse feel yourself. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> And and feel phony. That's that is exact. And we have enough problems feeling like we're not good enough anyway. Why compound that problem by setting yourself up as I'm going to put myself out there as the mm -hmm. expert on CBT? I have no idea what CBT stands for, but I'm going to be the expert in it. <laughs> and then when the client comes into the room, you do nothing but ACT. Now, I'm just trying to be you know obtuse here. Sure. But it, like if a client is going, well, it's going to be very structured and, and we're going to, I'm going to be challenged and my thoughts are going to be challenged and I know it's going to be six sessions and they come in and it's suddenly all about feelings and it's touchy-feely and I'm playing with sand and I'm asked to journal. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Yeah, but right. You can see how the client is – you won't get clients sticking to therapy. You're going to end up with a lot of no-shows. You're going to end up with people who are just confused. Mm -hmm. Confusion kills more sales than anything else. Yeah, that's one of the worst things you can do, right, for when you're trying to sell a product. Um, I've mentioned this in other episodes, but I'm – um, pretty enamored with uh, Donald Miller's new book, Building mm -hmm. a Story Brand. Have you heard of it? Yes. Yeah. So he yeah. talks a lot yes, about yes, that, yes. and it's. I think if you're if you're a therapist, um, which you probably are, if you're listening to this podcast, otherwise you're probably really confused, um, <laughs> or not. I don't know. I actually think this applies to. It applies to so many people. And if you're doing a service-based business, a I think service this applies small business. It yeah. does. And I wish more people would see the overlap, right? Even I wish therapists would reach out to more service-based mm -hmm. people who are running and marketing solid businesses locally. But anyway, uh, we'll have to do another episode on that and yes. <laughs> all the ways we're missing out. Um, but so I'm reading, you know, Building a Story Brand. And uh, I think a lot of therapists um, could benefit from it and will kind of resonate with his framework because it's simply a story. Yes. He talks about yes. you have a character who has a problem um, and then they meet a guide who kind of calls them into action, uh, who helps them solve that problem, who helps them avoid failure and it ends in success, something like that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that's the general outline of the story brand framework. And, um, you know, so you think about for your, your client, they are living their story and whether you're a narrative therapist or not, uh, that probably resonates with you, right? Your, your client is living yes. their life and their story. They're at a point, they've got certain pain points and you're meeting them at those pain points um, at this journey in their life where um, where they're looking for help, right? They're looking for you and they're looking for an affirmative experience that you are the right person for them to help them yes. with their suffering. Um, Absolutely. I, I am. And I, I can say that so clearly. I am the right person. If you want to go back to work, if you've experienced some sort of health issue and you want to go back to work, I am the right person to help you do yeah. that. However, if you came to me and said, Joe, I have a, I have three children four, and all three of them have ADHD and I'm going insane trying to care for them and I homeschool, I'm going to be like, I don't know what to do there. Should call my friend Jeremy Sharp. He can he, well, can, there you he go. can get them all um, tested just... <laughs> and start therapy and do group work and. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I can I can training groups, but I don't do therapy in groups. I, I'm also I know that I am a terrible fit for people with addictions. Yeah. So no, knowing who you're for is just as important as knowing who you're not for. Um, and some, I or, think, or the, the other way around, actually, really. Yeah. Well, I think the therapists, a lot of a lot of us, they, uh, it's easier if we go and define what we're not good at. That's a great exercise, right? Learning who you're going to exclude. Um, and it doesn't mean just because we're competent and we're good at it. If it doesn't light us up, we're, we're dealing with people in in their most fragile places, and it's such a privilege. But seriously, if you have to hear any more trauma stories around trauma that yeah. isn't helping you like i i don't do what you call them first responders i don't do first responders anymore because i've just got enough horror stories yeah i i can do that yeah. work and i can do it very very well but i just don't want to and i i don't want to have those horror stories in my head anymore yeah i don't blame you i <laughs> no not a lot of people know this about me i was an emt for many years so oh, i've got wow. i've got my own stories that um are locked away somewhere um well, but yeah, that you know, it's there's, it, it's it's okay to attract people and repel people at the same time. Yes. You know, um, this is another um, uh, another thing I heard not long ago was, um, you know, people can get kind of freaked out when you get people unsubscribing to your email list, yeah. whether you're a practice builder or again selling a gadget. Um, and the the reframe for that is you're just getting closer to your your ideal market, your target market, right? Yes. People that actually like you, they like your stuff, they want you to keep emailing them and that's fine. So really not to worry, um, but rather just to trust that you're getting closer, you're getting a more refined uh, kind of audience along the way. And that that ebb and flow of your audience is is quite natural and, and actually Absolutely. Quite, quite healthy. Yeah. And and we can't we can't um let our success be defined on three unsubscribes. Like it's, it's okay. It's actually industry standard. And if you haven't got unsubscribes happening, I want to ask why not? Because you should. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably not sending any emails. It's just like, ah, hey, I've got 200 people. Point. Don't touch it. Don't want to piss, piss these people off. Yeah. Let's, just, <laughs> let's just wait. Awesome. Can I have your list, please? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Let me see if I can warm them up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Joe, this has been a lot of fun, and um, mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to have you back on the show another time because we could probably chat for days, um, <laughs> or until four well, in the morning. I'm, and yeah, no, yeah, I, no, you, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do it by four in the morning. Okay, that could be fun. <laughs> I'll make sure someone else presses the record button. <laughs> yeah, right. John, this has been great. Thank you for making this so easy. I really appreciate the time and effort you've put into this today. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, my pleasure. T tell us a little bit, Joe, about um, kind of how folks can get in touch with you and anything you have going on right now and anything you want to promote. Okay, so come come play with me on Facebook, Joe Muirhead on Facebook. Uh, I also have a website, joemuirhead.com. Uh, I'd love for you to sign up for my freedom guide where I'm st I'm talking about the things I talked about today. So knowing who you are, who you serve, and how to talk to them in a way that people can be attracted to you, the right people can be attracted to you. There will be a new version of this out in time for the holiday happy hour, so plug for our holiday happy hour there. Nice. Um, Tell people about that once second because I, I have not plugged that and um, that's oh, coming up okay. and I'm, well, I'm going to be involved in that as well. Yeah, so so <laughs> Marissa Lawson has Lawton has pulled together 30 amazing people yeah. to provide us crazy. with content. It's crazy what she's done. It's absolutely <laughs> – she's so freaking generous. I know. I can't really believe is. how she's pulled this together. I've learned just from being a part of the experience. Me too. Um, 30 
30 different people, John and I are two of them, um, uh, an episode a day is being released. It's got all this amazing content. It's not just mindset. It's it's tangible how-tos. Um, we've got scaling practices, but then there's a whole theme around looking after you and self-care and how, how we make this work sustainable. So, John, that means this episode has to go to air before the 24th of November. Just thought I'd put that there. I'm just going to have to publish it tomorrow. <laughs> just going to have to make that happen. Um, yeah. So um, you, you, if you want to, the way I'm letting people know, if you really wanted to have an immersion experience on yeah. all things private practice, then get into this. You will be overwhelmed. It's something a day for twenty for thirty days. There's yep. thirty of yeah, it. Brace yourself. So, but just create folders on your computer and then set time to go back and do it. Like you, you there'll be stuff you won't enjoy. There'll be stuff you will enjoy. You're yeah. gonna love John's stuff. You're gonna love my stuff. But yeah, go for it. It's gonna be. I just, wow, it's just great. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll, I'll put a, a link to that in the show notes yeah. and people can join. Um, but yeah, that's going to be starting soon. I think my um, my workshop is going to be next week on, nope, not next week. It's going to be on Tuesday, November 28th. And I'm talking about um, what you really need to know about SEO. Um, cool. And you can put that in your SEO folder and... Use it or ignore it until you're ready. <laughs> yeah, that's Either that's how way. I'm telling people. Yeah, so I'm actually on day two. So I'm really hoping that what I, I I'm going to talk more on who you are, who you serve, and how to talk to the how to talk to these people. But I want to help people set set up for a really great experience and and think about how they can maximize the event too. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Joe, thanks again for being here. Um, you take Pleasure, care of John. yourself and I will see you around the internet. <laughs> you will. Thanks, John. All right. Cheers. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for joining us for another fun episode. Uh, I appreciate you being here as always. Really appreciate your time. Uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, coming up this Friday, November 17th, is a free webinar that I'm hosting called Getting Google's Attention One Way or Another. We're going to talk all about SEO and AdWords and craft, crafting your perfect digital marketing strategy that works for you. So you can register for that Spots are limited to 100 people, and it is almost full. Um, so you can register at privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash webinar. That's privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash webinar. All right, that's it for this week. See you next time.